Welcome to the Hunter's Quest Podcast. This is your host, and yes, my name is Hunter, but this is our quest. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here, and today I'm going to bring you another like bonus episode, um, which is you know outside of the normal kind of interview uh, setup, but don't worry, I'm going to continue to bring um, some really high quality interviews and some awesome guests, uh, you know, bi-weekly, but whenever I get a chance uh, to add some more value, bring some more content, I will release one of these bonus episodes on an off week, so this is one of those. Um, so last weekend, I went to the Total Archery Challenge in Seven Springs, Pennsylvania, Um and uh, I was hoping to shoot, but that wasn't my main goal. I wanted to go up there and just kind of network and meet some folks. And um, and it was uh, really successful. Um, so I did a little kind of mashup uh, episode where, you know, I brought my mobile podcasting rig and kind of just uh, was introducing myself to the different vendors and businesses there that I thought looked cool. And, um, you know, I didn't get a chance to talk to everybody uh, at TAC. Um, so, uh, you know, sorry if I missed you, but, um, the products and, and companies I was really impressed with, I, uh, I got a chance to catch up with and ask them about their products. So that's just a heads up of kind of what this episode is. It's me basically going around and talking to different, uh, company owners and representatives and stuff like that. Also, I did the best I could balancing out all the audio and stuff, but it was run and gun, you know, I had my mobile set up recording. So, I had to do some, you know, fixing of audio levels in post and, uh, you know, I'm decent at it, but I'm not an audio professional. So just bear with me if you have to adjust the volume in a couple places or something like that. But it is a cool episode. I think, you know, I was able to catch up with, um, Bo Martonic from East meets West hunt, um, which is another great podcast and a guy that I, uh, respect a lot. So got to catch up with him and ask him a few questions and, uh, he will be coming back to record a full episode with me next month, so be on the lookout for that. But I did get a chance just to catch up with him for a few minutes. Um, also got to talk to Tier from Black Rifle Coffee, who's an ex-Army uh, Special Forces guy and a really interesting character. Um, and Sean DeGray, who started Total Archery Challenge. And several other um, just uh, really cool characters and uh, entrepreneurs and uh, guys in the industry. So uh, it's a it's a cool episode. I uh, hope you enjoy it. I'm gonna go ahead and give out some shout outs for some free uh, swag for some folks that um, left me reviews this week. So thank you for that if you've been doing that. Uh, so if you're listening, PNW Happy Hunter. UW Rocky and Ballistic Skulls. Go ahead and drop me a DM, um, and uh, or you can email me at hunter at thisishuntersquest.com, and I will get you some decals for sure. Um, also, you know, uh, just a reminder again, please subscribe, leave me a rating, review, and please share with your friends and family. Uh, like I said, you know, good old word of mouth is, is really the best way to share and, you know, share on your social media accounts and stuff like that. 
Um, also, you know, I've got the YouTube channel that I'm trying to build. Um, I will be sharing my filmed hunts this year from Kodiak, uh, from Wyoming, uh, Lord willing, I get drawn and also another big film project in September, which I cannot give you the details yet cause it's not a hundred percent, but it will be really cool and exciting. So stick around for that. Um, but yeah, go over to YouTube and subscribe. You can just search my name, Hunter McWaters, or there's a link in my link tree in my Instagram bio for that. A couple of things. If you did see that gear dump, um, video, I did totally forget to mention a fly cover for your pack. And this is something that, um, I, I, I take on all my trips, especially to Alaska, somewhere, you know, it's going to rain. It's just really nice to be able to quickly throw that thing on top of your pack and, um, and not worry about getting your stuff wet. And so, uh, a company that, um, I know is making a really good product in that space is called Western fly covers. They're run by a, a buddy of mine, a guy who also runs the, uh, Western contours podcast. So they're, you know, made in USA quality product they have a, a rain fly for your pack as well as a cool little rain fly that covers your bino harness so um check out western fly covers and if you use the code hunters quest at western fly covers you will get a discount um, it helps me out as usual and you save some money so it's a no-brainer and a win-win um that code i think I think it's 15%, yeah, 15% off your fly cover or uh, bino harness cover. So grab one of those. Um, and let's see. Oh, yeah, I might, you know, a couple guys reached out to me about shelters and Kodiak. You know, I mentioned I was going to take my my uh, three-season kind of ultralight uh, marmot tent. And that thing's about 10 years old. Um, so I might actually be upgrading that um you know it's it's a big expense and like you know like i say buy once cry once so if i do upgrade i'm looking at probably a hilleberg maybe a nalo 2 gt or a namaj 2 gt um they're heavier and definitely pricier tents but you know apparently they're bomb proof and last forever so if you need a bomb proof last forever tent uh and you know you have the cash and you want to make an investment, something that's going to last a long time, check out Hilleberg. Uh, I don't work with them or anything, but uh, they're just, they're good tents. Let's see, there's a few more other things. Oh yeah, a couple of you guys reached out and said you were interested in seeing a video about some of my backcountry meal prep stuff, uh, dehydrated foods and, um, and that kind of thing. So I am going to do a video about that. Um, I'm still thinking about how I'm going to do it. So it might take a little bit of time to get out, but I will get that done for sure before hunting season comes. And, um, you know, I'm not an expert and I'm still tinkering. Um, but the thing is, once I kind of want to just demystify the process and show you guys that you can fairly easily make your own stuff, like make your own protein bars, make your own breakfasts, even entrees and stuff like that. Um, 
but most of the stuff I do is snacks and breakfast, to be honest, right now for entrees. I'm still going with like a high quality backcountry meal, like a Heather's Choice. Um, and again, I do highly recommend Heather's Choice backcountry meals and their packaroons as a snack. Super healthy, you know, um, gluten free. Um, a lot of their ingredients are sourced in Alaska. Uh, just really high quality food. Um, not just kind of whatever food, like, you know, if you're eating clean all year, why would you take a bunch of junk with you when you need to like perform in the mountains? So, um, if, if that's something you're thinking about and it should be definitely check out Heather's choice and, uh, you can use my code hunters quest at heatherschoice.com and you'll save 15%. And that, is a huge help for me, help support the show. You get a great product and you save some money. So again, it's a win-win there. Um, let's see if there's anything else I need to mention. Um, I'm still going to keep asking you guys to send me in. Like I, I said in the last intro, uh, this is the Hunter's Quest podcast. It's kind of a play on words because my name is Hunter, but this is really about your quest. And I'm here to kind of help guide you in that quest and just kind of show you some stuff that I've learned along the way. You know, again, I'm not an expert, but I have learned some stuff. And so, but I want to hear stories of your quest. So if you send me an email or a DM with a write-up of, it could be a spiritual journey, a physical uh, mountain, you know, that you climbed figuratively or, you know, could be literally, uh, or, you know, a cool combination of a, a hunt that was also a physical, spiritual, mental journey, whatever, just... Um, you know, maybe you laced up your boots and went out West and killed your first elk or who knows? Uh, I just want to hear about your quest. Um, cause this podcast is about your quest to be the best human you can and to be, you know, performing optimally on every level, spiritually, mentally, physically, and, and, uh, you know, also in hunting and just, uh, finding adventure. So I want to hear about your adventures, your quests, Send me a DM or email hunter at thisishuntersquest.com or at the Hunter's Quest on Instagram with a little like paragraph write up and some pictures. And if you do that, I will feature your story um, and I'll send you a hat too. I'll send you one of my new leather patch hats for free. So send me your stories, guys. And um, and yeah, just uh, continue uh, following along. Like I said, I got some really cool more YouTube content coming out. And, um, oh, I also do want to mention too, that I am going to be doing an episode, hopefully with my hunting partner, Ned, um, as we probably, when we get back from Kodiak, we'll do a hunt recap, but I'm also going to lay out for you guys, um, all the detailed information about logistics, getting up there, getting back, you know, meat, uh, meat care, getting back with meat and horns. Um, you know, Lord willing, I'll have some firsthand experience, but Worst case scenario, Ned's already done it a couple times, so we will do a Alaska Kodiak logistics detailed nitty gritty episode um, probably after the trip, um, just because it'll be fresh in our minds. But um, that's something a few guys have asked for, and we will definitely do that. So um, again, um, I'm really enjoying uh, bringing this content to you guys. I hope you're enjoying it. Hope you're getting some value out of it. I'm going to stop talking now and jump into this little mashup episode. Um, and again, please subscribe, rate and review, subscribe to my YouTube, you know, make, leave you some comments there. 
Um, it all really helps me out. Use my discount codes if you want to get some good gear and save some money and help me. And I will post all those discount codes in the show notes of this episode. So anyway, let's just jump in. I hope you guys enjoy, and I'll see you on the next one. Here at the uh, TAC in Seven Springs, Pennsylvania, I'm at the Forlow booth with Miranda Huff. How are you doing, Miranda? I'm doing great. Cool, Excited yeah. to be here. Yeah, so this is, I've seen you guys online a lot, but this is the first time I've like seen your products up close. And I gotta say, I'm impressed with the quality, just kind of feel them a little bit. Yeah, because um, this is our first year kind of going out to some of these events and really yeah. getting the product in kind of people's hands. Um, we're all 100% made and sourced in the USA. So nice. right now we're all direct to consumer, which means we've got to go to these events right. for people to really try the stuff on and get it in their hands and feel it and stuff. So nice. So yeah. And you said you're from? We're from Montana. The company is actually based out of Whitefish, Montana, which okay. is in the northwestern part of the state. Um, but yeah. Are you born and raised out there? Or? I'm born and raised out there. My husband, Travis, is um, from Idaho, but he moved to Montana after we met. And um, most of the other employees in the company live in Montana too. Okay. And what do you what do you do out there, for fun? Uh, <laughs> we are. Or huge. career, whatever. Yeah. So we're personal trainers by trade. Okay. Um, we started kind of working with some different hunting companies over the last couple of years, and nice. Um, we got contracted actually to come out to this event here in Pennsylvania, um, the tax shoot, to just kind of represent the brand yeah. and stuff. So. Um, we're huge, big Western big game hunters. We love mule deer, elk, whitetail, antelope, yeah. pretty much everything out west. If you had to pick one, what would you do the rest of your life? I would <laughs> archery hunt elk. Okay. <laughs> it's my favorite, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so what do you like about, or did you did you approach Forlow? Did they come to you, or how did that work out? Yeah, so it was pretty interesting. Um, like I said, the company's still really relatively new. Yeah. Um, they came out with their first launch last summer. And one of their marketing guys or uh, team, one of the team builder dudes at yeah. the company, he uh, found us on Instagram actually. And he reached out and asked us if we were partnered with the camouflage company and we weren't at the time. So um, we came out to their launch party and met the whole crew. And yeah. basically we've been working with them ever since. Okay, so obviously you liked the stuff and you're just telling me you had another line of camo and you kind of did you switch it out or yeah so i have basically used the same camo for over the last i don't know probably six or eight years yeah and i loved it great stuff most companies nowadays make phenomenal product right um but yeah i i tried this stuff on i was really impressed they have a full technical women's line which is mm. a lot of the companies out there don't have a great women's line yeah. which for me, I'm a pretty hardcore hunter, so I need something that's yeah. gonna hold up to what I need it to do and um, all the right pieces and layering systems and stuff like that. So stoked about that. And I just love the fact that it's all made and sourced and everything in the USA. So. Yeah, that's really unique for sure. The stuff looks really good. Like I said, the quality looks really awesome. Um, if you had to pick one piece or like one or two pieces from the line, what would you go with? I love the down jackets and I love yeah. the rain jackets. Okay. Um, the rain jackets, 
what I really like about them is they're super quiet. Mm. Um, so if you're yeah, like, I felt that they're like soft. Yeah, they're kind of soft. They keep the water off really well. I was a fishing guide in Alaska for oh nice a few years. What part of Alaska? Uh, I was out of Soldotna. Okay. Yeah, so Kenai Peninsula. Okay. And I wore like all the like Gore-Tex and like uh, like rubber jackets and all that kind of stuff. And I would either get wet because the water would go through. Or I'd get sweaty and then be wet because I was all sweaty. Yeah. Um, but these ones breathe super well, keep the water out. They're super quiet. Nice. Yeah. I'm I'm really impressed with the rain jackets. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so where can people find you if they want to check you out on Instagram? Um, well, you can find Forlo at Forlo underscore official on Instagram. And then my profile is Miranda.huff, and it's M-A-R-A-N-D-A dot H-O-U-G-H. Cool. Thanks for your time, Miranda. Appreciate it. Thank you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Alright, so I'm here with Kevin from Victory Archery out here at TAC. Yes, What's sir. up, Kevin? How you doing, man? Doing well, man. Doing well. Yeah, I noticed you got a cross on your necklace there. Are you a believer? Oh, yes, sir. I am. Big oh, nice. Christian man. Big nice. Christian what, man. What, is, what are those? those are antler tips? Those or? are antler tips. Yes, sir. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. So that's a big theme of the podcast is um, spiritual formation and, you know, right. spiritual fitness and all right. that stuff. So, But uh, yeah, we were just talking about arrow shafts here and stuff and so I, I shoot a pretty standard diameter, probably something like... 245 shaft, yes, sir. Yeah. Standard, that's pretty much the most popular hunting shaft there is. But I noticed a lot of guys going to these super thin shafts. What's the advantage there? Well, with a, with a micro diameter shaft, which Victory is the leader in micro diameter technology, um, you know, we use a high modulus carbon in our arrows, which able to give us the most straightest and greatest tolerances there are in the industry. But the micro diameter has a lot of key roles that's playing right now and a lot of guys are learning about it one is its accuracy yeah you know with it being a small diameter it doesn't get as much wind shear doesn't drag as much through uh-huh. the air so we're gaining speeds but we're gaining a lot of accuracy so that is one craze about a micro diameter plus less and there's probably less it's less affected by a crosswind yeah, less, and, well, yeah. you know less crosswind the biggest thing about it, a lot of people know is is pure penetration mm. because you're not having as big an arrow go through your animal right you're getting a better penetrating arrow and you couple that with our ice coating technology we use on all of our shafts. Mm-hmm. That gives you better penetration on your animals, plus easier arrow removal out of these high compression targets they're shooting out here. Yeah. So that gives you, there's another advantage right there of a micro diameter arrow. And so, and a lot of guys are, are running these different inserts and whatnot to get more uh, weight on yep. the air to get more penetration as yeah, well. Yeah, we, uh, we have a number, it's called our shock TL system. And we run a, usually our micro diameters come with a 50 grain, uh-huh. uh, but we can, you can upgrade to a 75 stainless or a 95 to get more FOC. We also now uh, sell a bunch of back weights in case you want to back build your arrows as well. Mm. That's kind of becoming a big thing because FOC is growing in popularity right now. If uh, you're hearing anything about range ferry out there, I know that's a big thing right now. Guys building up the front of their arrows. Yeah. FOC is a big talk in the industry right now. Yeah, I started running a 50 grain insert this year and noticed uh, I shot one white tail with my bow this year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, I mean, complete pass through, um, so. Yeah, in the latest craze now with the micro diameter is last year in 20, we launched the new VAP SS. Now what we did in there is we incorporated stainless steel into our carbon shafts. So we got a lot of people who loved our VAPs, but they just wanted a little bit heavier arrow. Mm. So we were looking at an 8.2 on our GPIs on our VAPs, 8.6. Now we're up to a 10.1 on a GPI. But you're still gaining a lot of momentum as far as the smaller diameter through the air. You're not dragging as much. You're not getting as much crosswind, but you're getting at least now more penetration. Uh, What we do is we weave 
the stainless steel right into the carbon, mm. and we are able to bend and flex our arrows without holding a set. So if you're a familiar fan of an FMJ, the fallacy of that arrow is it's a one and done. Yeah. You shoot it through an animal, it bends, it holds a set. If you're target practicing and you hit the other arrow, it dents. Our arrows are reusable over and over and yeah. over again. And at that higher price point arrow, that's what you want, something you can reuse again and again. Yeah. So yeah, a lot I have of good luck are, with mine this year. A lot of guys are really getting into uh, into the, their arrows and doing their own arrow builds. Yep. and um, it's all time. Everything's so easy to do on YouTube now because it shows you everything <laughs> yeah. at home. And unfortunately for our pro shop guys, they make money on building arrows, and now the guys are doing it at home. Yeah. So they got to buy the stuff. You can buy it at your you know authorized dealers, or you can get it through Lancaster or stuff like that. So we're just yeah. going to sell it. But guys are starting to learn how to do this at home, and I think it's great. So, in which which arrow setup are you running this this year? I'm running a VAP SS for my hunting. I do. I'm, I'm about uh, you know a 28 and a half inch draw. Okay. I'm running a 75 stainless outsert up front. I shoot a 100 grain fixed blade broadhead. Yeah, me too. And I'm running about 475, 470 grains of total air weight, which if you're in the white, white tail world, that's perfect. Yeah. But I can run the same setup out west and shoot elk. Yeah. I can. I'll take it down south and shoot hogs. Nice. You know, that's just that's it. Just gives you the all-around great hunting arrow. Now you're going to pay for them. Yeah. You're going to run in the shops about 129 a six-pack fletched for these. Okay. But. With you being able to reuse them over and over again, it's well worth it. Yeah, and you said you you got a um, tag in New Mexico. Tell me about that real quick. Yeah, I'm I'm working with my niece out there on gaining a tag in New Mexico this okay. year. Elk um, tag. Yep, a bull tag. Uh, I'm excited about it. I've been elk hunting before out in Colorado, but I'm I'm looking forward to getting to New Mexico this year. Cool so, man. Well, have yep. a good hunt, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate, Appreciate your time. You. Thank you, man. All right. Appreciate you. All right, so I'm at TAC, and I'm just meeting up with Bo Martonic. How you doing, man? Good, man. It's a beautiful day here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, are you, sure. so you said you're shooting later, right? Yeah, I am. I'm not sure exactly what course yet, but uh, looking forward to hopefully not losing too many arrows. <laughs> I know. I heard some of the guys talking about it. I was like, I don't know if I want to shoot. I, I kind of want to keep some of my arrows. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm only taking five with me, and I'm like, if I lose all these, then I deserve to stop shooting. Five? So, okay, that's brave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, man, it seems like Pennsylvania is kind of like – a hub on the east coast of like good hunters what's up with that i don't there's a lot of us so yeah. i guess a few few come out of that but yeah pennsylvania i think has if i'm not mistaken most hunters in any state in the u.s maybe maybe really? texas and something else might be with as far as population but I, pennsylvania's got a lot of hunters yeah because this is the only like eastern state i think that they're doing one of these tax challenges yep. yeah yeah pennsylvania is a target for a lot of companies yeah. and stuff with that because there's so many hunters yeah. here so these events it makes sense to, to have here especially the pittsburgh area quite a few yeah man so uh and you got uh i think you're doing what you're doing high country mule deer this year i've been hearing yeah so i drew a high country mule deer tag in uh colorado so in september okay. i'm heading out for two weeks nice, backpack man. hunt i'm me, me and uh, a couple of my buddies, it's it's going to be awesome. You're going to be in the backcountry for the whole time? or like yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if we'll split it up a little yeah. bit or how that's going to work. But, yeah, definitely we'll be we'll be there for, for most of it. Probably I'd probably say backpack eight to ten days at a time. But Cool, man. So how you been training for that? Uh, every morning been training, doing a little bit of – little bit of some strength stuff some eustress training some cardio mixing in yeah. some pack training rocking and just yeah a little bit every day yeah. dude i ran up this thing earlier this morning it was 
I mean, you, I, I come from Flatland, and yeah. like you got to get creative to train for the mountains. So it's kind of, I'm kind of jealous of guys that have the mountains, but uh, like there's just nothing that can replace like bombing up a hill. Yeah. I mean, I do CrossFit, but even then, like I was still huffing when I got up there, man. Hell yeah, well, yeah, that's <laughs> it, uh, these well, it's ski slopes, so yeah, it's, it's <laughs> pretty steep, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you got any other tags uh, you're going for this year? Um, I so I'll have an elk tag too. I'm in Colorado, but oh, nice. I'm planning on. Right now, I just have on the whitetail schedule Pennsylvania, maybe try to get down to West Virginia. Okay. Um, all depends on timing, really. Yeah. So. And um, I know you've done some podcasts with, like, Nathan Killen. I did one with him. And one thing we were talking about, like, in Virginia is just the, the deer densities in the mountains are so low. Is it similar like that up here? Is there more deer, you think? Uh, it depends where you're at. Where I'm at, deer density is pretty low. Yeah. It's, yeah, I'll go, I can go three, four days without seeing a deer sometimes. And it's, it's, tough. it's difficult, but I just know that, like, all right, just, it's got to be one. Yeah. All he needs one. So that's the way I try to look at it. And you still, you kind of try to attack the, the mountains here, like Western hunts almost, don't you, a lot of times? Or Yeah, sometimes I do. And, yeah. and um, sometimes I'm hunting off the ground. Sometimes I'm running gun and kind of with my saddle. Or sometimes I'm setting up in one spot and I'm yeah. hanging out there for four or five days. But, yeah, I I, I, I pack pack out the animals, do all that. So nice, man. That's Mo- fun. Do you run a saddle, one of these? Tethered? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, we're at the tethered booth, so. When did you get into saddle hunting? 2019. Yeah, 2019 I okay. started saddle hunting. You like it? I, yeah. I So I was super skeptical of it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not doing this. It's a fad, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> and that, so I got one middle way through the season, and I used it, you know, somewhat. And then last year I went full in, and I never used the tree stand again. So Is it just the packability or the weight or? That, the comfort, getting in any tree being able mm. to shoot 360 around the tree yeah i just i've become really used to it and efficient for setting it up it just makes sense so you can get in pretty much any tree because that's the worst part about having a climber is you got to like really be selective on your tree yeah no you can get in i, I most of the time i'm only anywhere from 10 to 14 feet in a tree and some curvy looking ugly things <laughs> i can get in, in any tree yeah, so it makes it nice that's a huge advantage yeah all right dude well i appreciate your time man tell people just where they can find you yeah so um uh, my podcast is East Meets West Hunt, so you can find that anywhere podcasts are at. I'm over on YouTube, just my name, Bo Martonic, and then uh, Instagram, at Bo.Martonic. So. Okay, cool. And I told him earlier that Heather Kelly from Heather's Choice told him to give him a, give him a bear hug, and now I feel like I know him a little better, so I'm going to go in for it. <laughs> uh, thanks, buddy. Right, thanks for your time, brother. Yep. All right, so I'm here with David, who's the co-host of Radcast uh, Podcast, and the... Is it inventor of the bow spider? Yes, sir. That's correct. All right, cool, man. So, yeah, I came over here. I noticed you got some packs going on, and you said you got a film coming out about a sheep hunt. So tell me about that. Oh, we uh, we took the opportunity with my company, and uh, we went out sheep hunting this last fall in the Brooks Range of Alaska. Nice, We took man. a cameraman. It was 10 days of pure misery. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it doesn't translate in the film to what, you know, like in the first couple minutes of the film, we're on day three hiking in, right? Yeah, right. You got three days of slogging in with a 70, 75-pound pack. And that wasn't because I'm Just heavy to on get gear. to the spot. You got 10 days of food times two pounds, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's there's just a ton of weight with water, food, gear. So we slogged in. You know, it took it was a tough hunt. My dad and I have done three sheep hunts together before. And, you know, we just we struggled to, yeah. to find rams, to get big rams. The weather this time was perfect. Awesome. The trip before it, we didn't take a cameraman, and we spent 76 hours in the tent in the rain and fog and snow. Finally got a break in the weather, and we, we, we bounced out of there. Yeah. 
So that's awesome, man. So I did. I went to Alaska last year. We did like a walk-in caribou hunt. Awesome. Um, we flew into Fairbanks, drove like past Chicken on the way to Eagle. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. There's a controlled use area back there. No motor vehicles. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. There's there's a whole mountain range. That whole yeah. mountain range. I, I don't want to say names. Yep. We're not. Anyway. I, I know. <laughs> so I lived in Soldotna for a couple of years. Okay. But anyway, we walked back in there and um, had a great hunt. Um, didn't get the bullet trigger because, you know, the whole non-resident, you know, bull only thing. We had a couple stalks that we just couldn't quite tell if it was a bull, so we just didn't pull the trigger. But, um, so tell me about the, uh, the, oh wait, when's your film coming out? Next month. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the cameraman has given two days of guided filming away to a lucky winner. Oh, nice. We have quite a In bit Alaska? of others. Uh, no, actually the cameraman that came and filmed with me is going to show up to location with one of the winners oh, okay. and film for them for gotcha, two days, okay. whether it's a turkey hunt, a whitetail hunt, whether they're going to Alaska. And obviously, uh, if you get on his schedule, he's a great he's a great film filmmaker. Joe Bartlett with Blue Creek Outdoors is who okay. filmed it for us. We hired him and took him. And so he'll come to your location with his equipment. You know, he's got the editing skills and all nice. the knowledge and expertise. He's just going to follow you around and make a short film. Yeah. So he's given that away. Now, if you wanted to talk to him about maybe you, maybe you draw a once-in-a-lifetime tag, you're like, hey, I don't know who the winner of this is going to be. Yeah. He's given away two days, but if you needed five days, you could hire him the rest yeah. of the days. So um, so what day of the hunt did you hit that uh, ram? Day 10. Oh, man. <laughs> it, and it's, it, I'm super excited to get it out there and show the world because yeah. sheep hunting is just in my blood. It's something, you know, you, you do it once and either you never go again or it's the only thing you can think about. Right? Yeah. And you're just a different breed when you want to live off the land for 10 12 14 days yeah and you know sheep hunters go in heavy and come out hopefully heavier, heavier right <laughs> yeah. when i'm elk hunting i go in light usually day pack yeah and i might we might bust some miles out all day but i own horses and when, when an elk drops on the ground i'm coming back with four horses yeah. and taking okay. meat out right? so you live out in wyoming you said yep we uh, moved to wyoming to chase elk we moved okay. there from alaska and i'm nice. I'm going to tell everybody listening that, you know, Wyoming just sucks. Don't live there. Don't move there. <laughs> yeah. Elk hunting's horrible. Yeah. Uh, the weather's horrible. The wind blows. So so go to Montana or Colorado. Okay. All right. But you said you got the uh, the family connection in Alaska, which is nice. So you can you have the ability to sheep hunt without uh, quite as big of a price tag, huh? Quite as big of a price tag, but it's still, you know, it's Alaska. You pay for it with your legs, though. You, you pay for it for sure. Yeah. I mean, just getting myself, just getting back in there. I mean, we weren't like deep in sheep country. We we're still like, in, you know, caribou country. But getting on the edge of sheep country and seeing it, it's like, man, I, I, I can't. So wait for to do the it. listeners out there, anybody that's wanting to hunt Alaska, I would highly suggest you pick a 14-day window, 10 days of hunting, but you need two days of travel in, two days yeah. of travel out, just for weather, and pick one species. Yeah. Now you might totally. grab a second tag depending on where you're at. Like you could do a moose grizz combo real easy. You could do a sheep grizz combo real easy. You might be able to do a moose sheep combo real easy. You know, the first couple days, if you depend on where you land, depending yeah. on what mountain range, down low before you climb the sheep mountain, there could be some moose, but focus on one species yeah. and, and dedicate your trip to that, Sure. right? Wolf caribou combo, but That's, dedicate yeah. on caribou. And you'll be much more successful then because they just, they inhabit different areas. Right. You have to utilize the country different to get to each one. Yeah. But if you fly in for 10 days and you punch your caribou tag, there's nothing wrong yeah, with, with having another tag yeah. in your pocket and hanging around. The other thing to think about is, you know, meat spoils real bad. Mm. Depending on what area you're in the state, you can't debone that meat. 
but there's several different chemical sprays you can get. Yeah. You know, the tannic and, acid or something. Yep, tannic yeah. acid. That you shake it up, take a spray bottle with you, mm -hmm. keep the bugs off it, keep it dry. You know, if you're doing like a float hunt, that's that's awesome. It's a great way to be successful. Yeah. Especially raft float hunting, moose hunting. That's the way I would do a moose hunt. Yeah. Just because you're covering oh, country yeah, without awesome energy. Hunt. But you got to get that moose meat out of the raft, mm -hmm. up, dry every day. So. Have you done? So we're going back. I'm going to Kodiak this year to do. Awesome. Yeah, to do blacktail. We might pick up a you know caribou tag, reindeer, whatever. I've been um, putting in for grizz for Kodiak for years. I yeah. just have not been able. Have to Have you get hunted it there? Yet. The blacktail or anything yet? I've hunted uh, southeast for blacktail before, but okay. I've not hunted Kodiak. Yeah, Kodiak. No. Okay. Yeah, man, we're going to the last week of August. So I'm looking forward to that. So, if 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 work wasn't so slammed, I'd be doing a goat yeah. hunt on uh, oh, yeah. Kodiak this year. But we've pushed it off till next year. We're going to film that as well. So, okay. once this film comes out, it'll be on YouTube. Bow Spiders, the YouTube channel. Yeah. So we're doing that huge giveaway with Maven, Kufaru, Sheep Feet. Oh, All these guys are giving gear. You just need to get on the the website, sign up okay. for the drawing, and share the film out. And. Um, the YouTube channel, again, you said it's called Bow Spider. Bow Spider. Tell me YouTube about your product channel. real quick. So Bow Spider Bow Packing System is a universal lightweight system. Works with any pack and any bow on the market. Uh, any compound bow. Yeah. Um, we're working on the crossbows. It hasn't happened yet. But I developed it because I missed a bull elk. Missed a mm -hmm. bull elk of a lifetime. And how did I miss that bull elk? Well, I laid my pack on the ground, buckled my bow to the backpack, went hiking down the trail. Midday, here's this bull is standing in the middle of the horse pack main trail, mm. staring at me. We're having a Mexican standoff at noon. <laughs> and where was my bow? It was strapped to my backpack. I couldn't get to it. Uh. So we spent a couple years in R&D developing, you know, the product to work in all the places it does. But now, seriously, you can screw into the wall at home. You can strap one to the headrest of your truck, wear one on your hip, wear one on your pack, screw under your tree. So you can go from the wall at home to your vehicle to the back of your pack in your tree, on the ground, spot and stock, wherever you need an extra hand to hold your bow. Yeah. And I, I spin it around when it's on my hip and use the top limb to brace my binoculars when I'm glassing intermediate distances just real quick. Hey, what is that? Gotcha. Oh, that's nothing. Keep cruising. Sweet, man. So our kits are made in the USA. We offer a lifetime warranty. Bowspider.com is the website. Or you can come to one of these TAC events and check <laughs> us out here. Yeah, man. Cool. It's been nice uh, talking to you, man. Looking forward to seeing the film and... Uh, yeah, it sounds like a really cool adventure. It's been it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I'm I just love to hunt, right? Yeah. And I had a problem, so I I went home and started messing around with 3D pointer and trying to find a solution that would work for me. Nice. Yeah. And now I mean it's working for a lot of people. Yeah. But. That's awesome, man. So do you have a day job too, or is this, this your full time? I, I'm uh, I like to say I'm recovering oil field trash. <laughs> so I uh, when the oil field crashed the last time, I I went to college. Okay. took business classes and I was working at a uh, manufacturing facility kind of put my hunting experience my manufacturing experience nice. and my college education blended that all together and said I'm going to give this a shot and cool, no man. we're we're doing really well so this is now my my full-time gig that's awesome man well that's that's really cool that you just went for it and yeah I respect that big time well it was great catching up with you brother no it was great to meet you yeah you too man I wish you all the best I'll have to link up again sometime maybe out in Wyoming yeah come yeah. on out so I'm here with Jeff from Jacked Gear. Jacked Gear, and he's got a pretty cool product. Don't you tell me all about your product, man? Yeah, we've got a product. Uh, it's our flagship product that we introduced a few years ago, and it actually won Best in Show last year at the ATA Show nice. for Best New Bow Hunting Accessory. It's called the My Slingling Magnetic Bow Sling. 
And what it is, it's a bow sling that's all handmade out of military grade 550 cord yeah. by U.S. veterans. We have 17 veterans in St. Charles, Missouri that make them all by okay. hand. And it uses a magnet system to lock out of the way. So it locks right next to your riser so that you can shoot with the sling on. Okay. But uh, I see a ton of guys walking around with them on their bow and stuff. It looks really handy. Do you guys have a um, like a social media where people can look you up just to see absolutely. pictures and stuff? Uh, jacked gear, J-A-K-T gear. Okay. Um, on Instagram, it has a dot in the middle. Everything else is just jacked gear. Okay, so J-A-K-T J -A -K -T dot gear. J-A-K-T dot gear on and Instagram. Why did you start the company? You're telling me the story about yeah, it. Yeah, I started the company because um, uh, my oldest son was injured. And so he was over over uh, overseas and he got injured. So he spent a, a bunch of time at Walter Reed Hospital. Okay. And we had created this product back several years ago, and all my friends kept telling me we needed to do something with it. Yeah. And so I thought, well, this would be a great project uh, for him. And so um, I uh, uh, started the company. We decided to hire all veterans to make yeah. our products, and it's just gone crazy. Um, yeah. We introduced it a few years ago at the ATA show. It did really well, won the best in show product. We're in over awesome. 500 shops now that sell our product around the country. Yeah, it's a really slick little uh, bow sling um, for guys that are in the backcountry or, like you said, uh, tree stand hunters and all that stuff. So Absolutely. Initially, we thought it was going to be a western hunting product. Yeah. Um, we sell over 70% of our sales come east of the Mississippi now for tree stand hunters. Yeah. Um, they're great for 3D shoots. We do all of the total archery challenges and all the other, you know, Bowfest and Northwest Mountain challenges and cool. all the big events. And what we found is it, it is just really versatile. You shoot so much better whenever you use a sling yeah. because you're not carrying your bow around, flexing your forearm all day so you stay nice and relaxed. Mm -hmm. You maintain better form, have better shot placement, and you sure. shoot better. And it's right there handy. It's not like strapped to your back and all that it stuff. It is. And, it, you know, if I, I'm a big elk hunter, so if I'm elk hunting and I walk into the middle of the elk, yeah. I can go from shoulder to shot in less than three seconds. Yeah, okay. And nice. every other bow sling that I've ever tried over the years, you know, it, that, that's next to impossible. Yeah. So, you got any elk tags this year? I do. I, uh, well, I'm over the counter this year. I didn't draw okay. anything. I, yeah. I, so I, I, I hunt Oregon over the counter, I hunt Colorado over the counter. Okay. And, find out hopefully pretty soon some of the maybe some of the montana tags or yeah. something will get turned Wyoming's back in. in two weeks yeah did you apply in wyoming i haven't didn't apply in wyoming okay. i'm waiting to hear back on antelope but um did you do any good in 2020 uh 2020 i did uh killed it killed a nice bull out okay. in oregon nice and, uh, is that where you're from or no i just i've hunted out there for years okay. i went to college in bozeman at montana state okay and so i started hunting out there in oregon uh, my sister and her husband lived right along the or idaho washington border at the time oh, okay. so we started hunting eastern oregon there's a unit over there that we hunt it's pretty rugged country and yeah, i've heard oregon is fell rugged, in love yeah. with it and i've hunted you know I, I, it's an over the over the counter tag so I've, yeah. i use it always as my backup if i don't cool. draw somewhere else and it's been a great great deal cool man well uh, you got a cool product i love that it's, you know veteran owned and operate operated i guess or your workers are veterans yeah absolutely yeah and it's 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 been a great program for us and and uh you know we've we've grown the company pretty pretty substantially we just opened up a new shop and expanded nice. we've got a bunch of new products that we're launching we just opened a new waterfowl hunting line okay so yeah new waterfowl products we've got the a new tree words. stand identification product that uh, okay. for public land tree stand hunters you have to tag your stand uh, okay. whenever you hunt on public land with your name and your conservation id in most states and so we've got a system that uh, we personally custom engrave so that it puts all your critical information to keep you legal in all 50 states and allows you to lock and tag your stand at the same time. Nice. Uh, so.
Well, cool, man. Well, thanks for giving me some of your time. And uh, guys, definitely check him out. J Jacked Gear, J A K T dot Gear. It's a slick little bow sling. Tons of guys are rocking around here with him. So I'm going to let you go, man, so you can sell some more of these things. Sounds great, Hunter. I appreciate <laughs> it. You have a good thanks. day. All right. So I'm here with Ernie Power from Tethered. What's up, man? Hey, man. Thanks for coming on. This is going to be fun. Yeah, man. So um, we're at the tax shoot here, and you guys got some some poles set up and you're showing people how to how to work these saddles and stuff man so just what's the background on tethered like you know when how, how'd you get started why all that stuff well we're just nearing on our third year now okay um and it just basically started with a couple of guys that wanted to we wanted to make something that wasn't available yet there was only one or two manufacturers out there making hunting saddles and they didn't really make them the way we wanted right um and there was nobody making commercial platforms at the time Mm. And so uh, Greg and I kind of got together and we got a team of guys to help us. But the main idea was get some guys that had a lot of saddle experience, throw a bunch of ideas together and, and find the idea that works the best for the people who actually use this stuff. Uh, you know, one of the things that we constantly push is that we're made by saddle hunters for saddle hunters. This is the stuff we actually use. This is the yeah. stuff that we designed because that's the way we would use it. Yeah. Yeah. Just looking at this stuff, it looks really cool. It's like super high quality, like pieces and the, and everything um so uh like why why saddle hunt like what's or like explain to people who might be like what's saddle hunting like why would i want to get into that well if you haven't heard of saddle hunting at this point you might be living in a cave <laughs> but uh so saddle hunting at its basic form is just a an ultralight mobile way of getting in and and harvesting animals right so the the main idea as hunters is to to be efficient and be more deadly right yeah um and a lot of that involves getting into places where maybe people don't go or getting into places where you know it's a little harder to get into or it's further away and whatnot and what we strive to do is give you a way that you can take everything in it's lightweight it's high speed you know low drag um, but also there's a lot of benefits to saddle hunting um, both on the safety aspect and then also just on the maneuverability and functionality in the tree. Yeah. You're not going to find a place you know, in a traditional tree stand, you'll find your place where maybe a deer comes in behind you and you're, you're a little hamstrung by the tree or right. by the, the, by the structure of your stand or whatever else where the tree st or a saddle, you've got the ability to kind of rotate around and get a more shot angles. You can use the tree for cover there's just a lot of advantages that come into that. And then also, a big thing safety-wise is you're you're forced to have your safety harness on. You know how many times right. you're 100 yards from the tree and you're walking back to your, uh, walking from your truck out to your tree and you realize, oh man, I forgot my safety yeah. harness. Well, how many guys are gonna turn around and walk all the way back right. to the truck and get it? I mean, nobody is. Yeah. Whereas if you forget this, you have to turn around be, or hunt on the ground because that your safety harness is your stand. Yeah. So it forces a little bit of safety mindset That's into good. people. Yeah, the climber I'm running now just to try to stay lightweight is, I'm not going to lie, it's terrifying. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. And I will not hunt that thing without a harness, even though I'm not a big harness guy. But um, I did sit in one of the, sling, uh, the saddles earlier, and it does, you know, some guys might think it seems sketchy or something, but it seems way more secure and safe than my climber, it seems, you know. Well, even with a climber, you know, it's attached to the tree and you've got your harness, but yeah. there's still a freedom of movement where you're not feeling like you're attached. Yeah. Um, whereas with a saddle, when you've got weight in your saddle and you're leaning into the rope, you constantly feel that engagement to the tree. Right. And that's something that you miss out a little bit 
if you're using a traditional stand or a climber with yeah. that harness because there is a there's a bit of movement before you start engaging into that safety strap and a lot of guys even guys that are afraid of heights feel more secure yeah. having that it's like a safety blanket yeah and Bo is saying too which is one of the things that's really attractive to me is like you're not restricted by you know too thick of a tree or a gnarly like you know no. like you can go pretty much any tree right yeah, I mean, obviously there's limitations, but sure. your your doors are a lot more open. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, you know, all of us have been there with a climber where you're looking for telephone pole trees in the woods. You're looking for straight trees with no branches. Yeah. Either that or you're going to spend a bunch of time cutting branches and making a path up the tree. Whereas with a method like this, you, wake, you make your way around the branches, you get up to where you're at, and it does two things. One, it opens up the amount of trees that you can climb into. But leaving those lower branches helps add cover so you're a little more concealed. Yeah. And you were telling me yesterday something about a bounty. What oh, is this? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who might not be aware, uh, Tethered has a bounty on animals. And, you know, we're all filmers and some of us are self-filmers and, and the like. And uh, so we put out a kind of a bounty on new animals last year. And it's $1,000. And it's basically... If you can kill something out of our equipment and do it uh, on film so we can verify that, you know, you killed this animal on film with a saddle and it's not one that, you know, the bounty has been collected on, yeah. it's a thousand bucks and it's, you know, pretty easy to verify and it's kind of interesting nice. and we only had two of them collected last year. Okay. It wasn't, uh, there's still a lot of animals out there available. Yeah, We're man. still waiting on the first guy to kill an elk out of a saddle. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see that video when it comes out. Um, what to, do you have a like a, a saddle hunting story you could share real quick? Oh man, there's all kinds of them, <laughs> all kinds of them really. I mean, the biggest thing for me is uh, I just find myself in places that I that I couldn't get, and yeah. and a lot of my bigger bucks have come out of oak trees that uh, you know a guy would look at it normally and just shy away from it, right. and, and you get up there and hide in there. Well, uh, where can people find your, your products and your information on how to get a hold of you guys and stuff? Yeah, so we're Tethered Nation, both on our website, our YouTube, Instagram, everything's all Tethered Nation. Um, and we've got lots of instructional videos, lots of things on there that we can work with. And, uh, yeah, basically our whole store is there. We're also now available in about 35 retail locations nice. throughout uh, Michigan and Ohio. We're kind of dipping our toes into the retail market to cool. see how that goes and hopefully next year we'll expand yeah and like a big part of what you guys do is just educating folks on on saddle hunting is that that's correct right yeah i think that's you know saddle hunting's been around for a while the first saddles were made in the 80s right but the hardest thing with saddle hunting is the education part yeah teaching people that this works teaching them how to use it and whatever else because you know a caveman can walk up to a tree stand and figure it out oh i climb up there i sit down i shoot deer not very complicated, yeah. but a, a saddle has more of an intimidation factor to right. it when you look at it. And by being able to give that educational system to everything, it's what has helped the saddle hunting market yeah. explode. And that's something you guys do on your... Yeah, yeah. And if it wasn't for the internet and YouTube and Facebook, I don't think we'd have been able to do what we do yeah. simply because of that education basis. Cool. Well, Ernie, thanks for your time, man. Uh, I've, been, I've enjoyed like checking out your all's products and, and getting to meet you guys and hear some hunting stories. You're telling about Alaska and some other cool stuff you guys have been doing. So yeah, um, and a lot of that stuff is on our our uh, YouTube page. Okay, um, cool. You know, we uh, had some really cool hunting content last year, and then this year we're putting a bunch more out. We've got nice. guys all over the country, and you know, just trying to get as much fun content out for you guys as possible. Nice, man. Well, keep up the good work. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for your time, man. Yep. Bye.
All right, so I'm here with Ryan Gay from Forlo, and what's your what's your title? I am a VP of Sales. Okay, nice. And uh, where are you from? Live in Missoula, Montana now. Have uh, born in Montana, grew up in Colorado. Okay. Uh, lived about here and there, <laughs> a little all over. So yeah. Uh, but the pandemic brought me back to Montana last year. Okay. And uh, yeah, so <clears throat> currently in Montana, but feel like I'm living on the road this summer. Yeah, you guys are hitting a lot of shows and stuff. Yeah, we've been doing events since, I guess, March. Um, okay. Been to Oregon, um, Wyoming, Colorado, Tennessee for the first Total Archery Challenge. Um, this one here in Pennsylvania, and we'll be doing most of the rest of them heading to Michigan after this. Okay, cool. So tell me just a little bit about Forlo. Like, what's what what makes it different? You know, what you know why they started all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, Forlo started late 2019. Um, obviously, <laughs> nobody knew the world was going to shut down. Right. Um, but the, our founder Andy Techmansky, um, lifelong hunter. Um, you know, made his money and his career in other industries and wanted to put it towards a hunting company. Cool. And so his vision was to make the most technical gear he could, um, but 100% sourced and made in the U.S. Nice. Yeah. That's definitely unique because um, I've, I've seen you guys on you know Instagram and stuff and kind of been interested, um, but being at the show, being able to put my hands on your gear, it's super high quality stuff. And the fact that it is made and sourced in America is very unique. Yeah, it's been, um, I, I think that Andy hired really good designers, really good experienced yeah. people from that have many, many years in technical apparel and the hunting side, the outdoor side. And when he gave them the challenge of sourcing it all in the U.S., they told him it wasn't possible, mm. um, but he stuck to it. And so they had to really set up a lot of the supply chain, um, find, and it's, it's really everything from like thread to to garment so yeah like um, I, they were saying earlier like the the down jackets are like amish ducks or something yeah it's a, it's a <laughs> amish duck farm in ohio actually nice and uh yeah so everything and in our warehouse guys have even taken it to another extreme of like our poly bags our shipping materials oh, wow. everything we've you know and some of those things are not easy to find made in the u.s yeah. uh, most of them aren't actually so have you have you uh, got a chance to use all the gear and stuff hunting and you know I wasn't working for him last year during um, okay, our yeah. big game season but this winter I skied in all the gear nice. with my kids all winter and then had a nice turkey hunt this spring a few days out um, opening weekend in Montana was a good weekend to test the gear because we had really schizophrenic Montana weather yeah started it was probably forty degrees and sunny and by noon it was snowing and fifteen degrees yeah. And uh, so yeah, we've we've been testing it hard. Um, also went on an Idaho bear hunt oh, nice. uh, last week. So how'd you do? We didn't shoot anything, um, <laughs> but we spent a good a couple of good days out in the woods with some guys. Um, That's a hunt I want to do, man—a spring bear hunt because we have a pretty good amount of bears around from, but we don't have a spring season. Yeah. So I'll have to check that out sometime. Yeah, it was cool. But yeah, we again down there we had uh, rain, a little bit of sleet, a little bit of snow, and some heat. So um, cool. spring's an interesting time to test gear because yeah. you get all of it, especially all in the Rockies. It. Yeah. Yep. And um, the other thing too is like you know the your quality is super good and made in America, but you're still your price point's pretty close to the competition, right? Is that right? Or yeah, I mean we're definitely a premium brand. Yeah. Um, you know, lightweight, technical. Um, so we're you know, right in line with the other premium brands out there. Yeah. Um, and I thank them for paving the way and making hunters realize that, you know, you can 
get really nice technical lighter weight stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're right in line with that, but being made in the U S we don't have a lot of extra margin to go into traditional wholesale retail. Right. Um, so right now we're hundred percent direct. Um, we have one of our own stores in whitefish and opening a second one, uh, this fall in Austin, Texas. Okay, cool, man. And I know like, you know, it, it kind of sucks sometimes to shell out the dough for, for good clothing, but I know from experience last year with my trip to Alaska, like just having the right gear just makes you more comfortable, keeps you out there longer and you know? Yeah. I mean, I think you can go further, stay out longer, you know, if you have the right system Yeah. and uh, you know, if you're layered up right, you can take off the layers, you can put on layers, you can always add, subtract. Um, mm-hmm. I had... A lovely experience of uh, helping a friend pack out a elk this past fall. Yeah. Well, I was working on my aunt and uncle's ranch one day, and I was just wearing full Carhartts like coveralls because I'd been working on the ranch. Right. And he called it four, and he's like, "I got a bull down." And my uncle and I like hopped in the truck. And we went down there. We thought it was close to the road, so we didn't even change <laughs> or anything. But uh, ended up about five miles off the road. Got Oof. in there and it was raining on us. And by the time I got out of there, I'm, I'm pretty positive. I was about 60 to 70 pounds heavier than when I started oh, just because yeah. everything absorbed the water. Yeah. And, I didn't um, even think about that. Yeah. So that was one experience of, uh, you know, not wearing the right equipment out there, but, um, uh, you but can yeah, really tell a difference. Yeah. And yeah. especially just when you're going in the back country and covering a lot of miles, um, you know, it's nice to be light. Absolutely. So you got any, uh, cool hunts lined up for this year? You know, it's, uh, I've been invited on a lot of cool things. Um, luckily, you know, where we live in Montana and with some access we have, I look forward to going back to our family property every fall nice. and, and going after elk. Um, I'll probably do a few more things, but, uh, you know, we're in startup mode here at Forlo and yeah, I'm sure. a sales guy, so <laughs> I'm going to be pretty busy at that time also. <laughs> oh yeah, but summer yeah. gel's crazy time there, right? Yeah, it's, uh, this summer in Montana is going to be different. Last year it was super busy, but, um, uh, I have friends coming to visit and you can't even book a room, a campsite, anything. Everybody seems like they're wow. flocking to Montana this summer for a uh, summer vacation. Yeah. I mean, one thing about the shutdown is I feel like the outdoor industry, like still a lot of people wanted to go outside, you know? So yeah. Yeah. We saw that. And, um, you know, their Yellowstone was their busiest high traffic year ever wow. last year. And that was without any international travelers. And so, um, you know, just changing times people are looking to do adventures in their own backyard. Um, yeah definitely seen an influx and people get into fly fishing and, and hunting and shooting sports and yeah you know these events are a testament to that um i've met a lot of first time you know shooters at, at tennessee for the total archery challenge and then also here in pennsylvania yeah well definitely guys if you're looking for some high quality stuff um like i said i've been able to touch and feel and try on some of the stuff and it's super good quality and the unique thing is made and sourced in america which you won't find with the other premium brands definitely check out forlow and, you know, where can people find you guys? Yeah, Forlo.com. Um, obviously, through the social channels on our Instagram and Facebook. We're doing a lot of events throughout the summer. Um, we'll do most of the Toll Archery Challenges, um, but we also have a second truck down in uh, base out of the southeast um, nice. that's going to be debuting our warm weather slash sort of fishing line that's going to be launching this month. Oh, so. nice. Uh, and you guys have a, a full line of women's stuff, right? Yeah, we have women's. About half the women's line is complete right now. Okay. Um, but as we get closer to fall, we'll have more outerwear. And, and the goal is to have men's, women's, and youth. Nice. Um, and we're also going after some of the fringe sizes that our competition can't do and um, source in Asia. They can do it. It's just you have to go with huge 
we have lower minimums is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, so we're looking to go into some like tall pants and some triple XL sort of sizes and some mm. things that, um, that we can kind of almost custom do cause we're using factories here in the U S so gotcha. we don't have it all yet. I mean, we're still expanding the line and getting it all going, but, um, but yeah, we're, we'll have men's, women's youth and all the different awesome. sizes and full four season offering. All right. We'll check them out guys for low made in America, technical gear. All right. Thanks for your time, brother. Thank you. So I'm here with Tier from Hello. Black Rifle. How's it going, man? It's going well, man. Yeah, so tell me just a little about, about you and your background and how you got linked up with Black Rifle. Oh, man. Uh, well, the founder and I, um, Evan Hafer, we served in Special Forces together. Uh, we've known each other for about 20 years. And um, he, likes to, uh, he likes to recruit vets into whatever it is he's doing, and he's been doing that uh, on and off. I think this is probably the third thing I've worked with him on. Hmm. Uh, but it's the first that hasn't involved the government. Okay. So, um, my last deployment um, ended in early 2019, and uh, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. Uh, so I applied for federal law enforcement, got hired, but was waiting around forever for my uh, Fletzy date. And he called me up, coming back from a hunting trip, and asked me if I was still going to go do that cop thing. <laughs> I said, Yeah, that's the plan. He said, Well. I got a couple projects that uh, I could use you to manage. If you just come down to Texas, I'll pay for the travel and whatnot. And yeah. Hopefully, you decide not to be a to do the cop thing. Okay. Um, and that's that's kind of what I did. I was a contractor for just a couple months, and uh, made the decision to, to go in the private sector. So, so what uh, what branch of the military are you in? Army. Army. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Black Rifle Coffee is actually my first big boy grown up civilian job. <laughs> Well, I'd say the other stuff is probably big boy still growing up, but not, not there's a civilian. lot of responsibility with it. Yeah, yeah. company's growing like you wouldn't believe, and every yeah, day is a is a new venture, new challenge. You know. Yeah, and there's so tell me what the tie-in is with the nonprofit side of things. Like yeah, so stuff. the job that he hired me to do initially was to be the charitable giving manager, and yeah. I've done a couple other things around there. You know, I'm on podcasts occasionally, uh, you know, some content and, and whatnot, but. Uh, the, the, the job that he really wanted me to do, which nobody had in the, in the uh, company previous to me, was, was be the charitable giving manager because we, um, you know, it's, it's really ingrained in our values. I know it sounds kind of like buzzwords in corporate, but it really is who we are. Yeah. Uh, giving back to, to uh, veteran causes, military, first yeah. responders. And, uh, and we're big in the outdoor space now, too, so conservation as well. We've just added that as one of our pillars. What we found last year... Um, in my department, I can give directly to uh, other registered nonprofits, 501Cs, but um, there's no mechanism really for a corporate entity to give to directly to individuals. Yeah, um, that has to be done individual to individual, unless you're a nonprofit. Right. So we decided um, towards the end of last year that we were going to make our own nonprofit, and so the Black Rifle Coffee Fund uh, was set up and. Um, it's been both good and bad coming, having it be 100% pass through yeah. through the corporate side because for for like the finance team and whatnot, this is it's a completely separate entity and uh, everybody that's working on this is essentially doing it for free. Yeah, uh, at the direction of of Evan, yeah. but but for free. So it sometimes is a little bit like a side project, and some of the stuff gets put behind the other things. Um, yeah, but it's it's been. Both challenging and amazing. Yeah. So, um, what, what I mean, what makes Black Rifle better than Folgers? <laughs> Everything. 
Um, I don't know how long Folger sits in its plastic container on a shelf before it gets yeah. to the uh, the end user, but uh, we age our coffee out at 90 days. Okay. So the the packaging that we've we're in right now, um, it's it's nitrogen sealed, and I'm probably messing up that term, but essentially what happens at the roasting facility is right. I mean, immediately before, like probably less than a second before the coffee is is put into the bag a drop of nitrogen goes into the bag ah. which sucks hmm. all the all oxygen the out okay and then the coffee goes in so and it's, it's super fresh it's very fresh yeah so with the packaging we have right now um an unopened bag of black rifle coffee will will keep its freshness for 18 months yeah. and so you guys like you said you're big in the outdoor space mm -hmm. is that just like a um what what drove you to kind of re try to go for that market um, it, honestly, it wasn't marketing. It's it's what we like to do. Yeah, you know, um, all the crazy videos and, and things that people see. Those, it it is good marketing, but it's good marketing because it's genuine. Yeah. Those are things we really like to do. Yeah. You know, like when you say JT out there doing doing cookies and you know jumping over things with BJ Baldwin or or uh, Travis Pastrana. Yeah, he's genuinely friends with those people, and he genuinely likes to do those things. Yeah, you see. Matt recording a song with JT. Those guys are actually accomplished musicians. I mean, they did that before Black Rifle Coffee. Yeah. You see Logan and Evan, or myself, or Michael Shea, or any number of, of the guys out there with, with bows or, or rifles out in the woods. Those are things we like to do. Yeah. So um, it's, it's, it's just a, a carryover from yeah. the other passions. You know, when we say we, we like to support military veterans and and first responders. That's because we're military veterans and first responders. Yeah. I mean, I was a paramedic. We've got former law enforcement on there. Yeah. I, I was about to be a cop. Um, I've got 26 years in, in the military and yeah. mostly in special operations. And you're still in reserve, is that right? I'm in the guard right now, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Took a, I just recently took a, a position of lesser responsibility, trying to take a knee a little bit, focus yeah. on this nonprofit, because 2020 was a doozy. Oh, uh, yeah, it was, man. <laughs> Yeah. So you got any uh, cool hunts lined up for this this coming year? Well, I just uh, I just shot um, a giant black bear oh, in no northern way. Idaho. Yeah. Oh, nice, dude. Yep. Um, went with uh, my friends at Mountain Ambush okay. up in Orofino, Idaho. Um, not a guided hunt, but uh, a, a a friend letting me use his bait hunt. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> and his rifle because I left my rifle in Texas by accident. <laughs> seems to be the story of my yeah. life on that one By but, accident. Uh, yeah you know, hunting just, and you got your rifle on well I, <laughs> see what had happened was <laughs> I broke I was driving my 86 f350 from San Antonio okay. to Nashville for a total archery challenge and I broke down in BFE Mississippi <laughs> and uh, so I never made it back through San Antonio to pick up my uh, okay. my, uh, that makes sense. my 308 yeah okay so I ended up flying from Nashville to Seattle and okay. then so you're still shooting the 308. You haven't adopted the Creedmoor yet, huh? Actually, uh, I'm moving to Creedmoor. I just are you? Yeah, I. Uh, I got a new I, rifle this year, and I went with that. I haven't pulled the trigger. Well, I have pulled the trigger on a Creedmoor. That's actually what I shot the bear with. Okay. And all my whitetails that I shot last year were with uh, 65 as well. Yeah. But it, they weren't my rifles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my buddy talked me into it. He's NSW. And mm -hmm. He talked me into it over a 308. So anyway, I like it so far. It's great, man. I mean, it it, it flies flat and true and. Small, small round, and so far, Does it what kill I've seen. Does you like a 300 win, win or 30-06? More fun to shoot. Yeah, I mean, there's, you're, you're not knocking your shoulder out of the socket, yeah, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, my 308 is an old uh, Snohomish County sniper rifle, yeah. so it's got the, it's got the heavy barrel, free floating. 
Well, I think NSW switched over officially from through it to Creedmoor for their snipers. It's a, it's a good move. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, the M118 round is still plentiful out there, but uh, yeah. it is, it's an expensive round. It's a good round. Cool, but it's but any, any other hunts this fall? or? Yep. Um, I'm uh, going to go out with uh, Trinity Oaks, um, do, some, do some hog hunting in, in Texas. Nice. Trinity Oaks is another nonprofit that takes uh, veterans hunting. Okay. Um, we're going we're gonna to partner up with them soon. Um, I'm probably going to do an axis hunt with them. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I'm going with Condition 1 this fall. I don't know. I, I, I didn't get my, uh, my elk draw, so okay. I'm probably not going to be behind the trigger on that one. Yeah. But uh, I'm just going to go out and, and support uh, cool. Condition 1 out in Montana. That's another uh, nonprofit, uh, Marine-founded uh, nonprofit that takes vets hunting. Nice, and man. what I like about these ones is, uh, like, particularly Condition 1, is, uh, you know, they... Um, there's, there's a lot of organizations out there that want to take veterans hunting, but one thing as a nonprofit manager and a charitable giving manager on the corporate side, one thing I ask nonprofits when they come to me looking for support or any kind of integration is, okay, you take them hunting, then what? Yeah, exactly. What happens then? Yeah. Because there's... That's a one-day thing. Yeah. I mean, the the joy of hunting, you know, for, for a military guy or for a first responder, you know, we've... We've been trained to handle weapons. We've been trained in tactics, everything else. We've been trained to go out and get ourselves amped up, ride in that yellow yellow zone to get the mission done. And then we come home and we don't have that. Mm. And it's not an adrenaline junkie thing. It's there's, we've got all these skills that we can't use anywhere else. And so when we get out in the woods, there's, there's a couple things that happens. One, we, we even, even if it's just for a day or two, we've got kind of that renewed sense of purpose. Yeah. That we're using skills that, that were that were beat into us, and you know that, that we feel like we're. I mean, we're providing food, yeah, right? Totally. But the other thing is, I mean, you've got the camaraderie mm-hmm. aspect to it. You're around other people, like-minded people, and that is huge, especially after 2020 when people were shut in for so long. Oh yeah. So that that's a big mental health aspect, and for me specifically in archery, there's just the centering aspect mm. that I'm applying all my principles of marksmanship that I've learned over the years yeah. to something that doesn't actually have anything to do with work. And that's that's a big deal as well. Sure. Um, but when these nonprofits come to me, you know, we've got you've got the you've got the customer, you've got the vet that's going out there. He's getting what I just talked about out of it, right? If that nonprofit is run by veterans, they're getting something out of it as well, because they've got that sense of purpose, they've got yeah. that sense of giving back. And I can tell you, as the executive director of a nonprofit, that's huge. I mean, our party last night was a lot of work. Yeah, but we came out of it all smiles, and that's part of why I was uh, late to rise this morning because we were riding a high. Yeah, of, like it was like we just finished a mission, you know. Yeah, and it was a very very successful party. I mean, we gave away ten thousand dollars to to nice. veteran business last nice, night. Man. We raised about five k. Awesome. It was it was just great. But the third part of that is is the net. Yeah. When that's done, when we're done riding that high, there's got to be something there to catch people. Absolutely. They can't just ride up, send them to that that cliff, have them look over it, and, and then again. and then either they fall off or they walk back down the hill. They can't have that. There yeah. has to be a sense of community afterwards. So when when these guys come to me looking for support because they want to take somebody hunting or whatever, I ask them that then what question? And the best ones, the more more experienced ones, know because they have to be ready after they take that vet on. They have to be ready to basically have a friend yeah. after that. Because they have to be ready to pick up that phone call mm. at 2 in the morning when somebody's really struggling with something yeah. and they're on the precipice of doing something. 
And honestly, that's a big ask. And I personally don't have the bandwidth to do it. That's that's a lesson I've learned the hard way. Yeah. I've got I've got Green Berets I have to do that for. And I've got people, you know, on the on the civilian side that are that are vets that I've got to do that for. And uh, you've got to you've got to know your limits. You've got to know what you can take on. And that's for honestly sure. that's where volunteers come in. Yeah. A lot of times. Cool, man. Well, this has been awesome. Um, appreciate the work y'all are doing, and um, thanks for your time, man. Yeah, Hunter. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was good to meet you. So yeah, I'm here at Total Archery Challenge with the man, Sean DeGray. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's hot, but it's a good time. Yeah, so um, this is, which, how many of you had this year so far? This is number three. Number Texas, three. Tennessee, and now Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, so what, just give me the kind of the backstory, the how, why, when of TAC. Uh, there was an event prior to us called uh, Bowcast at the Bird that I'd participated in quite a bit. And um, I was friends with the guys that ran that. When they decided they didn't want to do it anymore, uh, we thought if there were some things that we did different that it could appeal to a bigger crowd across the country. And yeah. so that's what we did. We just changed the recipe a little bit and uh, went for it, pushed nice. it out there. And, you know, it, it, uh, it took off. Super excited about that. Yeah. So, like, I mean, even here, the first year we were here, there's – what this is year seven or year seven or eight here in pennsylvania okay yeah so but the why was just to put together an event that uh that we enjoyed there locally that needed to be everywhere that we could get it yeah and uh and for everyone yeah so and it's it's worked out really well and so you've been going for seven years here seven or eight uh, i'm trying to think i think it's nine years total so, man, it seems like a ton of work setting up all these targets. What's that like? <laughs> it uh, it does. It takes some time because yeah. um, we use our small crew to do it. But uh, we just get here, leave us plenty of time to do it. It takes us a few days, yeah. So do you go to all, all the events? Or? I do, okay. yep. Yeah, we all have a specific job we do. There's a crew of us of uh, eight that traveled all of them, and then there's another four guys that kind of switch in and out. And uh, we take we go to every single one in I fact see. we'll pack up here and we'll be on the road monday to michigan okay do you ever get to shoot or i've never shot one really? um <laughs> it uh you know it just it, you're hurrying to set up yeah. and then you're hurrying to tear down there's really no downtime for that yeah 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 I hear you, man. so are you um you got any uh, cool hunts lined up this year or anything uh we've got a few good hunts i'm going to alaska nice. um where are you going we'll be in western alaska i've been up there quite a bit but i'm hunting for myself this year i'll be the first one up anyway for moose nice and bear and uh typically i've been second in line so this year i'm first in line okay so make um, it happen yeah man i'm going to kodiak this year nice yeah. are you hunting what uh blacktail nice and that's maybe awesome maybe caribou if we see them that's awesome. Yeah. Have you done that hunt before? Or been to Kodiak? I, I've been to Kodiak. I worked in Kodiak for a lot of years in the fishing oh, nice. industry by, um, in the late 90s and early 2000s. And uh, so, yeah, I've spent a lot of time in Kodiak. Okay. I've never hunted there, though. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Just worked in the summer during the fishing season. Um, but, no, I've spent a lot of time in Alaska. I started working in the fish industry when I was 16. Okay. Uh, and then I started guiding for an outfitter up there in the 90s. And I've uh, been going back as much as I possibly can. So what were you doing before you started TAC? 
Uh, I worked for another event company called The Color Run. We did 5Ks all over the country. And uh, that was an absolute blast. I loved every minute of it. But my passion's in hunting, and I really enjoy um, archery. And so this is it. So you kind of learned the event. mm -hmm. event I went through a, yep, exactly. Took what I learned there and and saw, because of what I learned there, saw an opportunity here at this event. uh, Once they were like, ah, we're not going to continue forward, then we decided to run with it and rebrand and change the recipe. Nice. Has it been, uh, is it ever, you know, a grind or has it been, you know, taken off pretty fast, like you said? No, I think it's, it's a lot of work. So it's always a grind, but it's a... You know, and there's always those days where you're like, man, I'm tired. Like, yeah. I am tired. <laughs> um, but it's a cool event. Once uh, once you get through that grind and it's over and and to be able to do what we do and as, as a job, it, it's absolutely fantastic. And then, of course, with the trajectory of the growth has been phenomenal. And, and we're super grateful for all the participants that, yeah. you know, that come to these events, share the event, and uh, continue to help us grow the event, give us some insight on what we can do to make it better, and some of that stuff is there. We change, and some of it doesn't make sense, but um, we it, we obviously without our shooters here, we wouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah. So it's a great partnership. We get to come in, build a really cool event, and they come and shoot it, and yeah. it makes it work for both of us. Yeah, I went for a run this morning up the mountain and kind of like yeah. ran through some of the courses, and it's it's awesome, man. Yeah, it's, really it's fun. oh, dude, it's so fun. Yeah, I such a, had a cool chance to job. shoot yet, but it looks really cool. It's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of what you're supposed to do yesterday. I know. <laughs> you got busy time. doing your job. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, how many yeah. more events you guys got this year? Uh, let's see. We've got seven more. Okay. Seven more events. Michigan's next weekend, and then uh, we get a little bit of a break as we head west, um, and then we got we'll pound out six in a row um and that's we'll be tired yeah oh yeah we're gonna be zombies after that <laughs> what do you do in the off season uh hunt <laughs> nice. and prepare for the next year okay, and then cool. we do do some other events uh and build stuff with uh other companies that are not our events we'll just help manage other events cool but mainly just start working on the following year yeah yeah. Well, it's, it's a really cool event. There's lots of cool vendors here. And so if you guys are into archery, definitely come check out a Total Archery Challenge. And where can people find out more about the events? Online where you get all the bulkier information, you know, static info. It's always there, uh, totalarcherychallenge.com. And then you can go social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram, you know, and we'll just, if we have any major changes or news, it probably hits that first. Okay. And then we'll get it transferred over. But that's it. TotalArcheryChallenge.com. And if you've got any questions, it's info at TotalArcheryChallenge.com. Shoot us an email and we'll get you taken care of. Cool. So, and then last question. Yeah. For anybody who is out there and dreams or wants to start a business in the outdoor hunting industry, what's one piece of advice you give them? <clears throat> Don't give up after the first year or two. I think that's mostly – and grind it out like – I mean, we've we've been fortunate on how this went, and and uh, I mean, there's a lot to it. Just it, as long as it, you know, it's got to make sense. So I think the first, the most important thing in the beginning is do your due diligence and in, in seeing if it's something that's going to work in the market. That's probably yeah. the first thing, and then after that, why if you if if you did all your research and it says go, then go. Yeah. 
and don't stop. Keep hammering on it. And that's the only thing I would say. Because we, I know our, there's a couple times we're like, oh man, this is, this may not be what we thought it was. Yeah. So that's what I would say is, I mean, you, it requires due diligence and sure. then requires all the hard work. Yeah. But make sure it's a, if you, if you've done it all and you're like, yep, this is viable, then make it viable. Cool, man. Yeah. We've well, built a really cool event. So I appreciate your time, brother. Yeah. Thank you for coming out. Yeah, man. Thanks again for listening to the Hunter's Quest podcast. And make sure you stay up to date on social media at The Hunter's Quest on Instagram and The Hunter's Quest podcast on Facebook. And we'll have all kinds of photos and videos from my day-to-day as well as stuff from the awesome guests we're having on here. As always, I'm more than happy to connect with you guys if you have questions about hunting or spiritual stuff or gear, fitness, Whatever, just drop me a line in my DMs or you can email me at hunter at thisishuntersquest.com. If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and hit the subscribe button and leave me a rating and a review. That's really helpful. And don't forget to share with your friends. So stay tuned. Lots of cool stuff in the works. And I'm really excited to continue this quest together.